you, Father, that you call me your child. I am your child. I am heir to everything that Jesus is heir to. Because of the blood, because of the sacrifice, You have seated me in Christ at your right hand. No longer does your glory dwell in a physical temple. It dwells in me. It dwells in me. Thank you. Thank you for the precious Holy Spirit. Thank you, precious Holy Spirit. That you have come to write your heart upon my heart. That the Father dwells in me because of Christ. That I have everything that Jesus has. That your very word is your voice speaking to me. Your word is your voice speaking to me. Your word is your voice that comes through every carnal reality and smashes it into nothingness with a superpower, supernatural power of your love and your mercy and your grace. It changes things. It brings heaven to earth. You have brought heaven to earth by the indwelling power of the Holy Spirit in me. And I am your co-worker. I am your co-worker. I am your workmanship created here to do your will. Your Holy Spirit in me is God on the scene. Your Holy Spirit in me is just God on the scene. Lord, help me to walk it out better every day. Help me to walk that out. Help me come to a greater realization every day of the treasure that you have placed in earthen vessels. I'm your treasure. I'm your treasure in an earthen vessel. Here to please you, here to do your will. Here to manifest your glory. To bring light and shattered darkness. To bring healing. Thank you that your every word is true. It is yay and amen. It is your heart spoken to me. It is your heart spoken to us. It is your heart loosed upon a world that didn't understand you. But we understand, we can, because Lord, you are gracious and merciful and kind. And you have come to show us your wisdom. Christ has been made wisdom unto us. Christ has been made your wisdom unto us. We thank you for it, Lord. Help us walk in new realms. Help us walk in new realms. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. Well, good morning, everybody. God is good. He's for you. He's not against you. He's here to be your help. He's here to show you his glory, his goodness, his kindness. He is all you'll ever need. And I don't know how long this is going to take. I really don't know. But the Lord this week spoke to me and just said, it is finished. 
it is finished. And I realized we all need to come into a greater realization of what that means. Because if we truly came into the realization of what that means, the very verse, no weapon formed against you would prosper, would be our daily reality. Our daily reality. It is the word reality. It is the spirit reality. So we're going to be laying some foundations today. We're going to be laying some foundations about faith. And maybe looking at faith in a little bit of a different way. We're on a journey. We are on a journey. We're going to be on a journey into what the new covenant means to us. What the new covenant really means. What the blood of Jesus is really purchased. We're going to be on a journey into the depths of what Jesus really meant when he said it is finished. We're going to discover new heights new heights, new depths into the glorious riches of the holy of holies. Don't think me too bold. Don't think me too bold today, saints. Don't think me too bold today, saints. Don't think me too bold today when we come to the realization that the holy of holies dwells in you. Did you ever think about that before? The Holy of Holies dwells in you. It is established through the new covenant. It is established through the blood. It is established because of what Jesus did. It is established because of his substitutionary work and what he did when he went into heaven and poured out his blood on the mercy seat. And God did not design you to have just a little bit of God here on this earth. He designed you to walk in the fullness of Christ. And we can do that because we have the dispensation of the Holy Spirit. You know, when the disciples were walking with Jesus, well, first let me back up. Let me just say this. We are a new, new creation in Christ. If you are saved, if you are born again, you are a new creation in Christ. The old has passed away, has passed away, point blank period, the moment you become saved, the indwelling spirit of God comes to live in you. It doesn't come with any darkness, it doesn't come with any lack, it doesn't come missing one seedy little thing. See, when the disciples were here, when the disciples walked with Jesus, they didn't understand. The Holy Spirit was poured out on the day of Pentecost. That's when the opportunity came to be the new creation in Christ. You see, they didn't understand. They didn't have that. But we have it. And it's time to walk in it. It's time to truly understand it, what it means. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Don't let anybody take that away from you. Christ in you, the hope of glory. going to come into a deeper understanding. You know, you hear this all the time, don't you? You hear, in Christ, in Christ, in Christ. How many of you just say that and kind of let it go? See, we can't just let it go. We cannot just let that phrase go. We are going to come into a deeper understanding of who we are in Christ. We are going to understand faith in a new way because faith pleases God. Faith moves mountains. Faith raises the dead. But you see, it's not this faith 
I'm getting way ahead of myself right now. Like way ahead. I'm already at the end of the message. Okay, you can go home. (laughs) You see, so many times we think of faith as something that we just like implement at a certain time to get a certain result. To get a certain circumstance accomplished to get a certain event that will occur, to get a certain manifestation that we want. Well, should we have faith for things? Yes, we should. But we're here today to find out where that, what the real foundation of that is. Because if you get to the real foundation, you're not going to come to a point where you're constantly fighting fires. And it's like, oh, i got to have a little bit more faith here i got to have a little bit more faith. No, he gave everybody the same measure of faith. So we're going to get to the foundation of what is the true believing that will just be rock solid sustaining you in everything that you do. That's what we're after. These you do not lack faith. Did anybody ever tell you that before? Just because you're facing a mountain, have you ever heard? You just need a little bit more faith. You just got to stand a little bit more faith. I'm going to, I'm here today to tell you, as believers, if you have received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you do not need more faith. You can grow in the Word. You can learn what your rights and privileges are. But Christ in you has established every point of the word. Hebrews 10, I'm going to start in verse 1. And I want everyone to read all of Hebrews. Okay? I want you to read the whole book this week. Because if you don't, if you don't tell me you're going to do that right now, I'm going to go through the whole book right now. And you'll be here all day. <laughs> I'm just teasing you. <laughs> okay. Hebrews 10.1. I don't need that. The law is only a shadow of the good things that are coming. Not the realities themselves. For this reason, it can never, by the same sacrifices repeated endlessly year after year, make perfect those who draw near to worship. Okay? There was the Mosaic law. It cannot make perfect like our Jesus. Okay? We have a new covenant, the covenant of his love for us. He came, he fulfilled all the law. Otherwise, would they not have stopped being offered? In other words, if that could really have solved the problem once and for all, they would have quit, right? They would have quit. For the worshipers would have been cleansed once and for all and would no longer have felt guilty for their sins. They wouldn't keep having this sin consciousness year after year, day after day. You do not need to have a sin consciousness. Jesus in you has eradicated that. Hallelujah. Under the Old Testament, all the sacrifices in the blood, that was just covering. We've been redeemed. We've been set free. It's been atoned. And would no longer have felt guilty for their sins, but those sacrifices are an animal or an annual reminder of sin. It's impossible for the blood of bulls and goats to take away sin. Therefore, when Christ came into the world, he said, okay, this is Jesus, so this is important. Sacrifice and offering you did not desire, but a body you prepared for me. That's you. That's you. Any believer in Christ 
is the body that has been prepared for him. But a body you prepared for me with burnt offerings and sin offerings, you were not pleased. Then I said, this is Jesus, this is Jesus, let's pay attention. Here I am. It is written about me in the scroll, I have come to do your will, my God. I have come to do your will. That's what pleases God. That's the heart of God. There was only one being in all of eternity that every step he took, his heart was to please God. I wish I could say that that were me. I want to please God. I really do. And I know you want to please God. But that was Jesus' entire heart. It was just to please his Father. Why else do you think he could do miracles, though he were here as a man? He came here as a man. He set aside divinity. I do not believe that he used his supernatural divine powers to do what he did here on earth. He came as a man. You are a man. You are a woman. Because you can know Jesus, because you can see Jesus, because you got him in the word, because Jesus is the word. You can do just what he did. And by the power of the Holy Spirit, you do greater things. Can we just like incorporate that into our spirits? Think about that. We are using, we use the exact, once we're recreated, once we are a new creation in Christ, right? We have the same opportunity to do the same things that Jesus did. He came as a man. You're a lot more powerful than you think through Jesus. So God is after our hearts, hearts that will do his will, hearts that desire to do his will. Because why? Because those are really the hearts that know who God is. Those are the hearts who understand God. Those are the hearts who see what God has for us and see the true potential of God. Hearts on fire to do his will. They will know God. They will see God. First, so now this is really important because he's going to like rephrase this whole thing. First, he said sacrifices and offerings, burnt offerings and sin offerings, you did not desire, nor were you pleased with them, though they were offered in accordance with the law. So they were offered according to the law, but that was not pleasing. Then he said, this is Christ, here I am, I have come to do your will. Obviously, this is very, very important. He sets aside the first, to establish the second. And by that will, we have been made holy. Have you been made holy? Through Christ? By that will, we have been made holy. As a believer, you have been made holy. through the sacrifice of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. Once for all. Nothing else needed. Never again. Already accomplished. Before the foundations of the world and into all eternity. Day after day, every priest stands and performs his religious duties again and again. He offers the same sacrifices, which can never take away sin. But when this priest, this is Jesus, when this priest 
had offered for all time one sacrifice for sin, he sat down at the right hand of God. And in Christ, we are seated right there with him. And you know what? All we have to do is stay seated. Can you just stay seated and know that he's already accomplished all the word for you? Don't get your eyes off on everything going on around you. Get your eyes on Jesus. Just focus on Jesus. Just keep, just understand what he already did. That you can just sit there. You can just sit there with Jesus. <laughs> oh, come on. Am I the only one? <laughs> That's a good feeling. That is a good, good feeling. Hallelujah. He sat down at the right hand of God, and since that time, he waits for his enemies. He made his footstool. <laughs> yeah. For by one sacrifice, he has made perfect. By one sacrifice, he has made perfect forever those who are being made holy. Who was that? We just read about it. Who was it? Who was it? Come on. Yes. You. Okay, now the Holy Spirit's going to chime in. The Holy Spirit also testifies to us about this. First, he says, this is the covenant I will make with them after that time, says the Lord. I will put my laws in their hearts. That's the indwelling of the Holy Spirit in the believer, and I will write them on their minds. Hallelujah. Then he adds, their sins and lawless acts I will remember no more. And where these have been forgiven... Sacrifice for sin is no longer necessary. Hallelujah. It has been done. Christ became sin. He never sinned. He became sin. He became sin. Can you even imagine how much he loved you? You think about how bad you feel when you sin. He became sin. Every darkness. And he conquered. Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus. Do you see what he's saying to you? You can have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by the fact that you accept him as your Lord and Savior and your Redeemer. Have confidence, saints. Confidence. We have been perfected, we've been forgiven, we've been made holy by the one sacrifice, and this is where we need to dwell, in that consciousness. It says here, we have, have confidence to enter the most holy place. This is not forbidden territory. He is beckoning us. We can enter the most holy place by the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. 
by the blood of Christ. By a new and living way opened for us through the curtain that is his body. When he died on the cross, the veil of separation was torn. It was rent in two from top to bottom. The separation was ended. You have full assurance. Full assurance of communion with your Father. And since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and with full assurance that faith brings. What is that faith right there? What is that faith right there? It is faith in the finished work of Christ. That's where our faith needs to focus. You focus your faith right there. You're not going to be fighting fires. You're not going to have to be running around thinking that you don't have enough faith. It is time for the church to be liberated from that mentality. That's a stinking mentality. Full assurance that faith in his redemptive work, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience. See, that's where people get tripped up. But you don't need to have a guilty conscience. You can have full assurance. And having our bodies washed with pure water, let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, our hope in Christ. The full completed work of our hope in Christ. For he who promised is faithful. So what is this faith? This is faith in Jesus' substitutionary, redemptive work. It is simple faith in the fact that Jesus came to earth as a man. He set aside his divinity. He was the begotten son of God. He was sent here to redeem us from the throes of death and sin. And his act was enough. Our faith in him, it's just that we can trust him. We can trust who God is. We can trust what his word tells us about who he is. Jesus is the word, the incarnate word, the word of God. Hebrews 10, 35 through 39. So do not throw away your confidence. Don't throw that confidence away. Don't look around and be deterred. Don't look around and be discouraged. Don't look around and think God's not enough. Don't look around and think you're not enough. In our weakness, he's made strong. So do not throw away your confidence. It will be richly rewarded. You need to persevere so that when you have done the will of God, you will receive what he has promised. For in just a little while, he who is coming will come and will not delay. But my righteous one will live by faith. Faith in all he accomplished for us. And I take no pleasure in the one who shrinks back but we do not belong to those who shrink back and are destroyed, but to those who believe and are saved. The very same faith that brought you to salvation, the very same faith that brought you to salvation secures every promise of God in your life. Hebrews 11, 1 through 19. 
Now, faith is confidence in what we hope for and the assurance about what we do not see. And this is what I'm kind of getting at. You know, so many times this Hebrews 1 through 11 and on, it's used to teach us to, like, have faith for individual occurrences in our lives. And I hope I, I really want to make myself clear today. And that's really not the faith that this is talking about at all. We're going to go through this, and I'm going I'm to show you the kind of faith. It is faith in Christ, period. It is just faith in Christ, period. It is faith in the redemptive work. You see, we go to the word to learn what our privileges are. But the foundation of that is just faith in Jesus. And when people say, have faith for this, have faith for this, have faith for this, we really need to understand that if we just have this so securely entrenched in our spirits that the work was completely done for every promise and privilege in the word, we will walk forth in so much more joy, in so much more peace. And we won't be frantically looking at ourselves thinking, where am I missing it? Because we will establish ourselves on the foundational rock of Christ and we will not be moved. And we will understand the privileges. We will see the privileges in the word and we will just say, oh, that's mine. Oh, that's mine. Oh, that's mine. Oh, that belongs to me. This is not something I have to strive after. This is something that Christ already accomplished and handed me basically on a silver platter. Now, lest someone think that I'm preaching that you don't have to obey, I'm not preaching that. We are talking about the realization of who Christ is and what he gave us. when we believe, truly believe that he is the redeemer of our souls, we can stop so much of the straining after naps. Does that make sense? It will settle our hearts. This will settle our hearts in the faith arena. We don't need to run around all scattered mess believing that we have to put out every fire that comes out. He already did it. He went through the fire with us, right? So when we believe in him and all that he accomplished, that we are co-heirs, that we are his brothers and sisters, that God sees us the same as he sees Jesus. It'll end all of so much of our doubt and our striving and our fearfulness and our indecision, our feelings of unworthiness. He doesn't see you as unworthy. You are worthy through Christ. You are the righteousness of God in Christ. Verse 2, this is what the ancients were commended for. You see, they believed. They had the hope of the Messiah. They didn't see the Messiah, did they? But they believed in God and it was credited to them as righteousness because of their faith, the foundational faith. By faith, we understand that the universe was formed at God's command so that what is seen was not made out of what was visible. So we're going to go through and we're going to talk about Abel and Enoch and Moses and Abraham, and we're going to look at what their faith really was. By faith, verse 4, by faith, Abel brought God a better offering than Cain did. By faith, he was commended as righteous. Do you see what that's saying? 
It is the faith that commends you as righteous. That is faith in, the, in Christ. That is faith in the substitutionary work and the redemption. It is not your faith for individual events in your life. Is this making any sense to you all? Because, and if, if you go through these four things, you'll see that it's all exactly different, different nuances, but exactly the same. Because I used to always think, huh, well, Abraham, uh, he went up there and he sacrificed his son. Well, would I have enough faith for that, for that event, for that thing, for that job? See, that's not what's required. It's faith in the Christ that you serve. Yes, you have enough faith. Yes, you do. If you are a believer, you do. Is this helping anyone today? You are not failing in the faith area. It's just a new understanding. I hope. (laughs) Maybe you all know all this. By faith, Abel brought God a better offering than Cain did. By faith, he was commended as righteous in the New Testament. We are the righteousness of God in Christ. You see, God saw Abel as righteous because of this sacrifice. We are righteous because of the sacrifice of Christ. When God spoke well of his offerings, and by faith, Abel still speaks, even though he is dead. This is a foreshadowing of the righteousness that we receive in Christ. By faith, Enoch was taken from this life so that he did not experience death. He could not be found because God had taken him away. That's what I plan on doing, by the way, just so y'all know. I am never going to die. I'm just going to be translated. I believe that. Enoch was taken from this life so that he did not experience death. He could not be found because God had taken him away. For before he was taken, he was commended as one who pleased God. What did we read earlier? Jesus said that he came to do the will of the Father, to please his Father. Another foreshadowing of the true faith that this Walk of Faith Heroes is really talking about. As one who pleased God, and without faith, that is faith in the current covenant, faith in Christ, it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists. That's it. And that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. When we believe in Christ, we receive every promise in the word. A matter of fact, point blank period, nobody can take it away from you. Only you can give it up. But that's why you want to know the word. Because you want to know what belongs to you. Some people can't steal it from you, right? Right? So you, you build yourself up when you know the word. So many of us are stopped in our tracks on the road to receiving our miracles because we fail to realize that it's just faith in the Messiah. Our deliverer, our substitute, our redeemer, our healer, our miracle worker, our provider. Simple faith in Christ, and it launches us into the realm of the supernatural. That's a bad word, you know, don't you? See, because what we're calling supernatural, we shouldn't even be calling supernatural. It should be our natural that we're walking in. Because that's the reality of what Christ purchased for us. Jesus is the word, and when we receive the word, we receive everything in the word. It's God showing up for us. It's God on the scene. It's the voice of God saying, this is the way it is. This is how I want it to be. 
This is my will here. It's simply an understanding of everything that Jesus accomplished for us already, already, already. (laughs) And so we are going to come to a greater understanding of that. We are going to come to a greater understanding of what he did. Because he loves us. (laughs) Because he loves us. Already provided for By faith, Noah, when warned about the thing, verse 7, by faith, Noah, when warned about things not yet seen, in holy fear, built an ark to save his family. What was that? In reality, his faith was faith that God was who he said he was and would do what he said he would do. That was his ark. And it allowed him to build and take possession of the provision. By his faith, he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness. See, again, that same concept. Became heir of the righteousness that is in keeping with faith. You are the righteousness of God in Christ heir to every promise. Perfected in Christ, made holy. By faith, Abraham, when called to go to a place he would later receive as his inheritance, we could talk about that forever. Are you looking forward to a promised land? Are you looking forward to Zion? Are you looking forward to the new Jerusalem? Do you think it's something that you can just have when you go to heaven? I don't think so. His kingdom come, his will be done on earth as it is in heaven. He gives us pictures of eternity so that we can believe here in the here and now. Heir of the right, oh, by faith Abraham, when called to go to a place he would later receive as an inheritance, obeyed and went. Even though he did not know where he was going, by faith he made his home in the promised land like a stranger in a foreign country. Are you strangers in a strange land? Yeah, but you're still heirs to the promise. (laughs) You are strangers in a strange land. You are in the world, but not of it. Jesus said the prince of this world had nothing in him. If the prince of this world had nothing in him, he doesn't have anything in you by the blood. He lived in tents as did Isaac and Jacob who were heirs with him of the same promise. You are heirs with Jesus. The same For he was looking forward to the city with foundations whose architect and builder is God. Can you receive that? Can you receive it? All these people were still living by faith when they died. They did not receive the things promised. They did not see the Messiah. Right? They had the hope. But they knew God was faithful. They only saw them and welcomed them from a distance, admitting that they were foreigners and strangers on earth. You are foreigners and strangers on earth. Thank you, Jesus. Then I am a foreigner and a stranger here because I really don't want to to be any part of any of this. (laughs) Right? You want to have his reality in our, we want to have his reality in our lives. We want to walk out his reality. We want to walk out his redemption. We want to walk out his holiness, his goodness, his faith. We want to walk out his perfect will, don't we? (laughs) 
They only saw them and welcomed them from a distance, admitting that they were foreigners and strangers on earth. Well, join the crowd. It's a good crowd. It's a good crowd to be in. Probably the only time I'll ever say that. <laughs> People who say such things show that they are looking for a country of their own. Our promised land, saints. But see, that's not something far off. The scripture says he brings you into your land of abundance. The scripture says that he causes you to inherit the land. If they had been thinking of the country they had left, they would have had the opportunity to return. Instead, they were longing for a better country, a heavenly one. Saints, we can walk in heaven on earth. We just need to come to the reality, the understanding, the foundational truth of what being a new creation means. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. Thank you, Lord. You have prepared a city for me where I can dwell in your presence. By faith, Abraham, when God tested him, offered Isaac as a sacrifice. He who had embraced the promises was about to sacrifice his one and only son. Even though God had said to him, it is through Isaac that your offspring will be reckoned. Abraham reasoned that God could even raise the dead and so in a manner of speaking, he did receive Isaac back from the dead. And what does the scripture say? It says, Abraham's faith was credited to him as righteousness. That's the faith we're talking about. That's from Romans 4.3. Abraham's faith was credited to him as righteousness. Hebrews 11.39-40. through 40. These were all commended for their faith, yet none of them received what had been promised. Since God had planned something better for us, that's the new covenant in the blood, not the blood of goats, right? And bulls. Since God had planned something better for us, so that only together with us would they be made perfect. Hallelujah. Think about that perfected together. Hebrews 12, 18 through 28. This first part is what you don't have. And you're going to go, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Because this was under the old, and I have something so much better under the new. 18. You have not come to a mountain that can be touched and that is burning with fire, to darkness, gloom, and storm, to a trumpet blast, or to such a voice speaking words that those who heard it begged that no further word would be spoken to them because they could not bear what was commanded. Aren't you glad you've been saved from this? If even an animal touches the mountain, it must be stoned to death. The sight was so terrifying that Moses said, I am trembling with fear. Oh, saints. We can approach a living father and not tremble with fear because of our new covenant of love and mercy and grace and forgiveness because he is for us and not against us because he calls us his children. But you, you have come to Mount Zion. It doesn't say gonna. It says, you have come to Mount Zion, to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem. You have come to thousands upon thousands of angels in joyful assembly, to the church of the firstborn whose names are written in heaven. You have come to God, the judge of all, to the spirit of the righteous made perfect. 
That's you. Do you get that? The righteous make perfect. To Jesus, the mediator of a new covenant, and to the sprinkled blood that speaks a better word than the blood of Abel. Wow. Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, you have received a kingdom that cannot be shaken. What can man do to you? What can the things of this world do to you? They can't steal your peace once you come to this realization. You have a kingdom that cannot be shaken. God is faithful. He is true. His word is everlasting. It never returns void. It accomplishes what it, he sent it forth to do. His love for you has secured it. Since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, let us be thankful. And so worship God acceptably with reverence and awe. We must set our confidence in the kingdom that cannot be shaken, the unshakable presence of God, the unshakable presence of God, the unshakable presence of God, the indwelling spirit of Christ, that the spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead the very same spirit dwells in me. The very same spirit dwells in me. Wow, that should be a smile to y'all's mugs. Come on. To bring such a fire in your spirit that you want to get even like sit here. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You see, in the Old Testament, the priests would enter the Holy of Holies like once a year. What fun is that? And it didn't even atone. It didn't even cleanse. It just covered it up. Have you ever tried to cover up a sin and then gone on and had to live with it instead of letting God take it and cleanse it? Have you ever done that? You know, I, if I were in the Old Testament, I would just be going around like glum all the time because I would realize, you know, that that blood didn't atone for the sin. It didn't cleanse. It didn't get rid of. It didn't eradicate I don't even know if I could bear it. I don't even know how they did. Except that they just had faith in who, what, who God was. And that was the way they did it. But we have something so much better. And I can walk, and when I make a mistake, and I confess it before my Lord, it is gone. The only way it comes back up to him is I, if I argue the point with him. Let us argue it together. He's already gotten rid of it, but yeah, okay. If you want to argue with me, okay, fine, you know. But I've already gotten rid of it as far as the east is from the west. Okay, God, well then I'm not going to argue with you. If you see me washed in the blood, I'm washed in the blood. I could walk in some freedom and liberation. See, when he poured out his blood on the mercy seat and that veil was rent and it was torn asunder, I got to enter the Holy of Holies. That Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit, the dispensation of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit dispensation that created the church 
on the day of Pentecost. When that blood was poured out, man, I got the opportunity to have the very Spirit of God dwell in me. Dwelling in me. Holy Spirit in me. No longer something external. In me. All power. The power of the Most High God. The wisdom of the Most High God. The counsel of the Most High God. I don't have any little light. I got a big old light, and I'm going to shine it real big. And nobody's going to tell me that it's a little old light. I got a big old light, and I'm going to have a whole bunch of big old fun believing in it. Nobody's going to tell me any different. Nobody's going to steal what the word promises from my heart. So you see, God no longer dwelt in that physical thing. We are the temple of the Holy Spirit. You are. You are the temple. The indwelling presence of a most high God. We received access into the throne room. Can darkness go there? No. Absolutely not. He has given us permission to come boldly, boldly to the throne of grace, to the throne of God, the indwelling kingdom, the kingdom of God in us, the kingdom of a living, most high, all-powerful, more than enough, banner-bearing, most holy, ever-endearing, undefeatable, ever-loving God who is for me and not against me. So that's what you got. When Jesus said it is finished and was resurrected, it belongs to you, saints. It belongs to you. Hallelujah. We received full rights to become the new creation in Christ. Full rights to become the new creation in Christ, something that was unavailable to the disciples. It's not unavailable to you. It is who you are because of who he is and because of what he did, but because of what he accomplished for you in an outpouring of his love for you. And nobody can take it away from you Hallelujah, what a privilege. This is an exciting time, saints. This is an exciting time. The word says, greater works shall you do than what he did because of the Holy Spirit that he has sent indwelling in us. So, that's what the Lord had me share today. Hallelujah. We're going to do communion. When you take communion today, I want you to really think, really think, internalize, own what Jesus did for you. Own what his body, the stripes that he took in his body. Own your healing in every area of life the blood that he poured out. Own that you are cleansed from a sin consciousness. Own that you have the indwelling Christ in you. The Holy Spirit. His blood accomplished it.
Lord, we thank you for your body broken for us. We thank you for every stripe you bore. We thank you that you did it with only us in sight to fulfill the will of the Father for us that we could walk healed and whole. In Jesus' name. We thank you for your blood that you willingly, voluntarily, with a heart of love, poured out that we could attain the mercy of God, the cleansing, communion with our Father, that we are the children of God and we receive that sacrifice and we thank you for it, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name. Okay, today we're going to do offering, and I'm just going to, I'm going to pray over the offering. I'm going to give you a scripture, and I'm going to pray, and then you're just going to put your offerings as you leave. You're going to put your offerings in the offering buckets in the back. Abram, I'm going to go to Genesis 14, 17. After Abram returned from defeating Kedor Laomer and the kings allied with him, the king of Sodom came out to meet him in the valley of Shaveh, that is, the king's valley. Then Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought out bread and wine. He was priest of God Most High, and he blessed Abram, saying, Blessed be Abram by God Most High, creator of heaven and earth, and blessed be God Most High, who delivered your enemies into your hand. Then Abram gave him a tenth of everything. That's your tithe. The king of Sodom said to Abram, Give me the people and keep the goods for yourself. But Abram said to the king of Sodom, I have raised my hand to the Lord God Most High, creator of heaven and earth, and have taken an oath that I will accept nothing belonging to you, not even a thread or a strap of a sandal, so that you will never be able to say, I made Abram rich. I will accept nothing but what my men have eaten and the share that belongs to the men who went with me. The tithe was before the law. The tithe was an act of worship. And don't think that the tithe is not included in the New Testament because this very story is repeated in Hebrews 7. We owe our tithes unto God. Everything we have comes from him. And it is only fitting and right that we honor him with our tithes and our offerings. So Lord, I just thank you for every tithe. I thank you for every offering offered here today. I thank you that your blessing is upon it. That for the tithe, you rebuke the devourer on their behalf. And for the offering that men shall give into their bosom. I thank you. Press down, running together, overflowing, shall men give into their bosom. I thank you that you take the tithes and offerings, that you bless them, that they are made holy unto you, to glorify you and to do your work. That disciples will be trained and that the lost will be saved. And that you will be honored in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. So you can put your 
tithes and offerings in the offering buckets when you leave. And everyone is dismissed. Say